In today's episode, we're talking about boundaries. Boundaries that are essential for self-love and for your self-care. Let's find out. Money Mindset with Girl Khan podcast will help you to break free from your limiting beliefs, reverse your money shame and blast through your money blocks so that you can live a life of unlimited abundance. In this podcast, we will talk about energy tools and mindset strategies that will help you to understand and change your relationship with money, whether you're in a job, profession or working on your passion. Change your relationship with money to change your life. I'm your host, Gul Khan. Let's get started. Welcome, welcome. This is Gul Khan, your money mindset expert. And today we're talking about boundaries, actually how important they are for your self-love and for your self-care. Now, we've spoken about boundaries before, but today we're talking about boundaries because it's essential, I think, for, for, your, for you if you want to become wealthy, if you want to become prosperous, if you actually want to do well in life. Because if you don't lay down um, boundaries, clearly then your time and your you can be manipulated and can be wasted a lot. And this is coming from my personal experience. And so I want to explain actually what do I mean by boundaries? When I say boundaries, I mean, I want people to respect your time, to respect you. And I'm going to give an example of how that works in my life. So I realized from quite some time ago now, actually, that I don't, nobody just turns up to my house. So let me give you a bit of background to, you know, who I am. I think most of you guys know that I come from the South Asian background. My, you know, my parents are from, even though I was born in Manchester and grew up in London, my parents are originally from Lahore, Pakistan, and originally they were both born in Husharpur, India. So we're Punjabis and, you know, South Asian and very merry-go-lucky people and, you know, used to having lots of guests and friends and families and so forth. And so the concept that you, you know, ask before you turn up is was a foreign one. They just, everyone just turns up whenever they feel like it. And so I think this, uh, when I was younger, I, you know, I'm sort of began to train my family that or friends and people around me that you sort of you need to message me before you turn up you just, just don't turn up to my house it's just not one of those done deals you know the because I'm busy and I have other commitments and so forth you have to sort of you know pre-arrange before you turn up and I know that's become more and more common in my family you know people sort of message and range before they turn up rather than just turning up to the doors but I, what I've done and I did this subconsciously actually because of my again my commitments to work and my kids and who I and other things that I do that even people you know I don't like people calling me randomly either unless you know this there's uh calls from uh you know these unexpected numbers or whatever for whatever reason generally and those calls are only accepted when I'm not not doing a podcast interview call or I'm not doing a session or something like that because otherwise if I'm in a session my phone is on flight mode so nobody can get through anyway but outside of those times, if I get a call, I will answer if it's from, you know, number that I don't recognize or something else, I may say hello or whatever, or I may even send those to voicemail, you know, and I'll accept them to leave me a message and for me to get back to them. And I realized that I've been doing this to my family and friends as well, that I've trained them that not only would they have to sort of arrange time to come to my home, they have to arrange time to speak to me. And I get them to respect my time. Now, because I respect my time, they respect my time. And 
I didn't realize I had done it so well until, you know, it was brought to my attention because, you know, even now it got, it's got to the point when I know this, my school pick up and drop off time is between three and six. So there are a couple of people there, like my brother and this couple of cousins of mine who would, you know, dare to give me a call in that time. And uh, if it's them, I will answer. If it's not them, if it's anybody else, I will not answer and just say, you know, you know I'm sorry, I can't speak right now. I'll give me a call. I'll, call, I'll speak to you later. And I, I'm very, very clear in my mind that this, if someone calls me without, you know, arranging to see if I'm free, they're not respecting my time. You know, you can't call me. You know how busy I am with my kids and everybody's busy in this day and age. But if you want to speak to me, of course, I'm happy to speak to you. But in a time that we can arrange, which is convenient for both of us, if I'm working, if I'm doing something, if I'm cooking, whatever else, it could be, it could be a number of things I could be doing. You can't just expect to ring and expect me to answer. So I've done that. I realized um, a family from Pakistan actually do the opposite. And so this some this family member from Pakistan, they just randomly called and I didn't answer. And she said to them, look, I'm busy at the moment. And I wasn't busy at the time. I was, you know, I, but I was rearranging something, doing a task. It was a mundane task. But I didn't want to give them the, leave the door open that they can just pick up the call and call me anytime and I will answer. So I actually said to them, look, I'm sorry, I'm busy at the moment. And, um, you know, if it's, is it urgent? If it's so, I'll give you a call back. Otherwise, I'll call you when it's more convenient. And said, so, no, no, it was not urgent. I just wanted to have a chat. I said, okay, fair enough. And I, you know, I, I, I rearranged a time for them for a later time and I gave them a call back then. Of course, I'll call. I'm not saying for you to be rude. I'm telling you to be, you know, very vigilant with your time management and allowing people to understand that your time is precious and they need to respect it. And they need to respect you and they need to respect your time. And I remember sending the message to them, like, you know, please don't just randomly call me. Uh, send me a message before and to see if I'm free. Uh, please respect my time because they need to. And they will. When I spoke to, I spoke to the person a bit later on, they were perfectly fine with it. They had no issues with it. Right? They're like, yeah, yeah, fair enough. But initially, they, they just thought they could just pick up the call and call. And then I remember having somebody else. And then they, there are other people who are, um, you know, like, you know, we're in, we're f- five hours behind Pakistan. And so my mother cousin was telling me how, how one of her uncles, you know, it was seven o'clock for them and it was like two in the morning for her. He just called and he was calling, calling, calling. And then she answered and she told him I was sleeping and it didn't matter. They're like, oh, I want to talk to you. And your, you know, your cousins want to talk to you. And she kept telling them, look, like it's two in the morning at sleep. I can't speak at the moment. I'll speak to you in the morning. But he didn't bother to understand or, you know, grasp the idea. Now, nobody would dare to do that to me. First of all, my phone is off at that time. If I'm sleeping, my phone's on flight mode. You can't get through to me anyway. But the thing is, even if I'm not, and if it's like late at night, anybody who calls me after 10 o'clock, I will not answer unless you're one of those privileged people that I, you know, hold really dear to my heart. And that's, you know, this couple of cousins and a, a couple, you know, one or two friends who are very close to me. Only then would I answer, of course, my brother, of course. Otherwise, I will not answer anybody after 10 o'clock. It's too late. You know, you want to speak to me, speak to me in the morning or during daylight hours, not in the evening, not late at night. And so, you know, that's something else that I, you know, I, I've made it very clear, I'm clear to people around me that my time is very precious and I, people respect me for it. However, you know, when you first start doing this, people will find you weird and, you know, maybe you're a bit too stuck up or you're arrogant or you're this or that. And they'll misunderstand you. That's absolutely fine. Not everybody should understand you and everybody will understand you. And that's okay. 
you're on this journey which most people will not understand. If you want to become wealthy, let me make it very clear to you. Not many people are on this journey and not many people are going to understand your journey, right? But what you have to do is stand up and respect yourself and respect your time. And then that will enable other people to follow suit and do the same and respect you and your time. If you think that you can carry on being a doormat and, you know, become wealthy, I have another, you know, I have another thing coming for you. You know, there's another, people say, oh, good things, you know, wise and the nice person's always late, you know, you know, last and whatever, good things don't happen to good people. Good things do happen to good people. Good people just have to be more vigilant and be more mindful that they don't allow, you know, people to manipulate them. And this is one of the reasons why I think you have to, have to be really, really careful um, by, you know, who you allow in your space and which random people you allow in your space. You have to have, be, you know, very careful with your time. I don't care who you are, who calls. If it's a number that I don't recognize, I will pick up in case it's urgent. And then I'll say, is this urgent? And they say yes or no, depending on who it is. If it's not urgent, it doesn't matter who it is. I don't care if it's a bank. I don't care what or who it is. I'll say, can you give me a call back, please? Around this between this time. And if they do not call me back during that time, I will not answer. I am very, very, very clear about that. Uh, you know, if you need to. Otherwise, you know, you can contact me through email, right? And I don't read lengthy emails either. I hope you are enjoying today's episode. If you want to learn more about my mindset strategies and energy tools to help you change your money mindset, then please register for my Abundance Mindset Makeover Workshop by visiting www.abundancemindsetmakeover.com. See you inside the workshop. You know, I do respect my time and I want you to respect your time. This is one of the first boundaries that you have to lay down very, very clearly. The second one, okay, is related to it, but it's a bit more deeper. And I tell you this, if you can respect your first boundary, if you can get respect to get people to start respecting your time, the second one becomes a non-issue. You know, people don't tend to, you know, do the second one if you are or if they're already expecting your time. And that is manipulating you for money, for other things, and you know, twisting your arms, emotionally blackmailing you to doing things that you don't necessarily want to do. So the second lay about uh, the idea about laying down boundaries is about the idea of saying no. Now I've done a podcast on this, but I think it, it's 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 an important enough topic to to have a discussion here at the moment as well. You need to be able to say no, right? Now, I remember when I first learned how to say no, it was bloody hard. It was so hard. And I come from um, a family like my mother who was overly generous. Like, you know, she comes from, there were 15 of them, by the way. God, my God, grandmother was really busy. She had, including her, there were 15, you know, children altogether. She had 14 siblings every single one of them she's helped out financially and otherwise i swear to god she's helped every single one of them out more than she should and and a lot of the times she would give things to them by taking them away from her kids like you know you know we have food and that's it so you know no other other, other things are required you know take the money and give it to somebody else who needs it more like her that was her idea of generosity that was her idea but i think when i look back in time i think it was you can give and i'm all about generosity and i'm all about giving and i do believe in giving and that's why in one of the bank accounts we talk about in our the, the three steps to cash flow mastery is charity but charity is we only put 10% in there for a reason 
people who are overly generous, people who are empaths and who are, who, who are, it's in their nature to be generous, give more than they should. And I think you should cap it at 10% until you do have a sufficient amount of money in your bank account, right? Until then 10% is sufficient and give 10%. But my mother would do beyond that. And I remember this one time, this uncle of mine who's now passed away, may, may his soul rest in peace. He, you know, he was a younger brother of hers and he demanded, he didn't ask, he demanded that she give him £5,000. And this is going back 30 years ago, right? So 30 years ago, you know, um, I was in my, you know, I think just entered teens or was about to enter my teenage years. And I remember this clearly because he asked her for this amount of money, which is £5,000, which is a lot of money for a woman who's making, a, who's making, who's working God knows hours at, at this factory and making £100 a week, okay? So put this in perspective. She's only making £100 a week. And he's asked her to send him £5,000. She had, If she had the money, she would definitely send it, but she didn't have the money. So she said no. And he got so upset with her, so annoyed of her. How dare she say no to him while she's helped everybody else out? How she's never helped him out while she's helped everyone else out. He didn't speak to her for a good few years thereafter. And I found that astonishing. He wasn't asking, he was demanding she help him because she's so used to helping people. He knew that she helped everyone else. How dare she not help him, right? It doesn't matter how she got the money. She needs to get the money and send it to him. So that kind of um, behavior, and she's, my mother still didn't learn, by the way. God bless her soul. Um, so, but she just, she was just a very, a very generous person. So, and I think that's all well and good, but you need to have boundaries, and especially if you are on this path of enlightenment and you want to be prosperous at the same time, you need to lay down boundaries. You're not a bank, right? If you people want money, they shouldn't come to you. They should go to their bank. You're not a bank. And you should not be bailing people out. You know, don't enable people, empower people, help them to help themselves. There's an old saying. So if you give a man a fish, he eats for a day. If you teach a man to fish, he'll, you know, feed for the rest of his life. You need to, you know, help people that want to help themselves, people, you know, empower people. You don't want to be helping people who just want, you know, just, they don't want to be, they don't want to learn how to fish. They just want you to give them the fish every single day. And the day you stop giving them the fish, they'll, you know, they'll literally will, you know, start, you know, getting angry at you. And this, I've seen this happen far too often. So you need to lay down boundaries so you don't get manipulated. Now, I've, I know I say this and I'm saying this because I'm talking to myself at the same time. There are times when you find yourself stuck between rock and a hard place and you can't say no um, because of a situation. I have that at hand at the moment. Uh, if I if I didn't help, then it's, this person would be out on the streets. And of course, I can't have that. But uh, I'm trying to lay down boundaries so that this um, this situation can be controlled and can be taken care of swiftly as, as quick as possible. But at the same time, I don't want to feel like I've been taken advantage of. That gives really wrong energy, and you know, and it brings in all, all lots of negativity. It's just, it's just a really icky, icky energy that you don't really want. But you have to understand what what's happened with me at the moment is just a one-off. And by the way, the way they got to me was through my brother. So my brother is just, God bless his soul. Um, he's just very, very easily um, taken advantage of, and he just felt compelled to be in this situation as things are. And he was just, you know, there's nothing else he could do. So obviously he couldn't help this individual. I, you know, it was a girl. So I did. I stepped in. And that's perfectly fine. I'm able to help. But even then, you know, you have to be able to say no. Um, I remember, and, and and people will take advantage of you because they think they can. Now, I'm seen as someone who who's done well and who's doing financially well. 
And so they very clearly asked me, or can you pay the fees as well? I said, what? Very, without like any hesitation in the voice. They was like, oh, can you also pay, oh, can you manage the fees? Can you pay the fees, the legal fees that this is referring to? And I said, uh, and me in the same tonality as they asked, I said, I'm sorry, this is your responsibility. I'm afraid I can't do that. You have to figure out the money. You have to pay the money. And my brother would have ummed and ahed and found ways to justify, look, I haven't got the money, whatever. I'm not going to lie. I do have the money. I will not lie. But I've refused to pay it. You need to pay yourself. I'm doing enough as it, as it is. And it was a very clear no. And if if I felt that this deserved a marriage debt, of course I would have given charity, but it wasn't, it didn't deserve it. And the way it was requested was more similar tone to what my uncle did to my mother a while ago, where it was demanded, can you just pay it? No, <laughs> they didn't ask me if I can loan it to them, if I can help them out or some something with them. It was just like, can you just pay the fees? Simple as that. And I said, no, I'm sorry, that's your responsibility. So, you know, it's very important that you allow yourself and actually, you know what you need to do? You need to look in the mirror and you need to give yourself permission to say no, plain and simple no. And when you learn to say no, that becomes a very, very empowering skill that you have. I remember this, um, I wish I could see where I learned this from and I, I have mentioned, I'm sure I mentioned in one of the other podcasts where there, there's somebody who said that the way they learned to train themselves to say no was every time someone tells them or asks them something, they always say no initially. And then they have a change of heart afterwards. If they have a change of heart, they feel like, oh, you know, I can do this. It's not too, you know, difficult for me. It's not too out of the way for me. I'm able to help. Then they pick up the phone and ask them, say, like, you know, I've had a change of heart and I, I can help you now. And I thought that was wonderful because you know what happens that way? If you can say, learn to say no, then people understand, they expect to say no. But if you do have a change of heart, you feel like you can do it, you don't feel pressured into saying yes at the very moment, you will happy to say no. But later on, when you go away and you think, you know, actually, I can help them. And you pick the phone call up and tell them, you know what, I can actually help you. Nine times out of 10, they're going to say, oh, that's wonderful. I'm so happy that you said that. I'm really, really grateful. But if you say yes first, because you were compelled to, you, you felt obligated to say yes, and you said yes, and later on you find that you cannot do it, guess what? They're going to be really upset with you. So it's better to say no first and then change your mind than the other way around. That's a bit of a tip. Okay, so I hope you understood what I mean when it comes to, you know, uh, self-care and self-love because this, these two boundaries are essential. If you want to become wealthy, you have to value your time. You have to take control of your time. And those two things are go hand in hand with self-care and self-love. If you don't love yourself enough to value your time, then you are really wasting your time, my friend, because you're never going to become wealthy. If you can't value your time, you're not going to value your money. Simple as that. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Until the next time we meet, this is Gul Khan signing off. Take care and bye for now. If you want to learn more about my energy tools and mindset strategies, then please visit my website www.gulkhan.com. And if you want to take part in our five-day abundance mindset makeover workshop, where I deep dive into energy tools for abundance, then please go to www.abundancemindsetmakeover.com and register. I look forward to being your mentor in the next workshop. And if you want to learn about the spiritual laws of money, then go and get my book, Laws of Money, from www.lawsofmoney.com. Until the next time we meet, this is Gul Khan signing off. Take care and bye for now.